This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Anyone who has followed Major League Baseball knows the New York Yankees have a rich tradition of winning. From 1926 to 1964, the Yankees didn't have a losing season. That's 39 straight years. During 39 years, the Yankees won the American League 26 times and the World Series 19 times. Only hockey's Montreal Canadiens have come close, 32 straight winning seasons. But in baseball, the Yankees reign supreme. Winners of 40 American League pennants and 27 World Series trophies. The second place St. Louis Cardinals don't come close to those numbers. 23 pennants and 11 World Series victories. But even the Yankees have gone through some extended periods of losing. From 1903 to 1918, the team had only five winning seasons. That changed in 1919. From 1919 to 1964, the team suffered just one losing season. But the consecutive win streak ended in 1965. New York finished the season with a 77-85 and record, their first losing season since 1925. Things only got worse in 1966. The Yankees finished the season in last place with a dismal 70-89 and 89 record. Fans stopped attending the games. On September 22nd that year, there was a paid attendance of 413 at Yankee Stadium. The team continued its downward spiral in 1967, finishing the season in second-to-last place with a 72-90 and 90 record. After three consecutive losing seasons, the 1968 Yankees got back to winning by going four games over 500. They still finished 20 games behind the Detroit Tigers, but at least it was a step in the right direction. The good news is that the Bronx had a previous Al Dowling, Fritz Peterson, Mel Sollinger, Indianapolis Ross Clark, and Gene Michael, and outfielders Roy White and Joe Pepito. They still have future Hall of Famer Mickey Mantle, too who by then had moved to first base. But gone were many players from the 1964 pennant winning club, including pitchers Whitey Ford and Ralph Terry, catcher Elston Howard, infielders Bobby Richardson, Cleet Boyer, and Tony Kubek, and outfielders Roger Maris and Johnny Blanchard. Even with Mantle retiring during the offseason, Hopes were high in 1969. The team had two new players with great potential in Bobby Mercer and Thurman Munson. But the outcome was disappointing as we had a losing season with an 80 and 81 record. Its fourth losing season in five years. The team placed fifth in the newly established Eastern Division. Meanwhile, the crosstown rival New York Mets were winning the World Series. But 1970 brought new hope. The club posted a 93-69 record, fourth best in the major leagues, 
and their best record since 1964. Ralph Howe was the American League Manager of the Year, and catcher Thurman Munson, who batted 302, was named the American League Rookie of the Year. Left fielder Roy White had a terrific year, with a 296 batting average, 22 home runs, and 94 RBIs. Center fielder Bobby Mercer and pitchers Fritz Peterson and Mel Stolomeyer also had solid years. Unfortunately for the Yankees, they were in the same division as the Baltimore Orioles, who finished with an impressive 108 and 54 record and went on to win the World Series. With all the team's success in 1970, the 71 season was a big disappointment as the team finished 82 and 80 and 21 games behind the Baltimore Orioles. The only bright spot was that Thurman Munson and Bobby Mercer both made the All-Star team. With the Orioles having an off-season in 1972, the Yankees had a good chance to win the division, but they had another disappointing year finishing in fourth place with a 79-76 and record. Two bright spots were reliever Sparky Lyle, secured in a trade with the Red Sox, and Mercer who hit nearly 300 with 33 homers and 96 RBIs. Mercer was the Yankees' only All-Star that year. But things were about to change in 1973. Steinbrenner from CBS. Many Yankee fans had blamed CBS for the team's downfall in the last eight years, and the team acquired third baseman Greg Nettles from the Cleveland Indians. There was also a significant rule change in 1973. The American League voted yes to the designated hitter during the offseason, and on April 6, Yankee Ron Bloomberg stepped to the plate as the first DH. By July 1st, the Yankees were in first place in their division, but then went into a slump, ending the year two games below 500. It was a sad way to say goodbye to the original version of Yankee Stadium. The 51-year-old ballpark required some remodeling. The Yankees played the 1974 season at Shea Stadium, home of the New York Mets. If that wasn't enough of an adjustment, the team also had a new manager in Bill Verdon. The change of managers and the acquisition of new players First baseman Chris Chambliss and outfielder Lou Pinella wasn't enough. The team finished the 74 season with an 89 and 73 record. Their second best record since 1964, but they fell short of the division title as they were two games behind the Orioles at season's end. During the offseason, the big news was that all-star Bobby Bonds would be joining the club in a trade that sent fan favorite Bobby Mercer to the Giants. Then on New Year's Eve, the Yankees announced the signing of free agent all-star pitcher Jim Catfish Hunter. Unfortunately, those improvements didn't add up to a better record in 1975, only six games above 500. With renovations still going on at Yankee Stadium, the Yankees spent another season playing their home games at Shea Stadium. 
and what would become a common practice for new owner George Steinbrenner, he fired manager Bill Verdon before season's end and replaced him with Billy Martin. From 1976 to 1981, the picture changed significantly. The Yankees won four American League pennants and two World Series titles. But in typical Steinbrenner style, the team did it under three different managers. The transition from losing to winning was anything but uneventful. After 11 years of mediocrity, the Yankees were back on top of the baseball world. But the dynasty was short-lived. Team captain Thurman Munson died in a plane crash in 1979. And all-star Reggie Jackson, who signed with the team in 1977, left the team at the end of the 1981 season. The constant firing and hiring of managers took a toll. A losing season in 1982 was the first since 1973. Even though the team won consistently from 1983 to 1988 under the leadership of first baseman Don Mattingly and outfielder Dave Winfield, the Yankees never had enough to win the division. The closest finish was in 1985 when they finished 97 and 64, two games behind the upstart Toronto Blue Jays. Fans had to remember the good years because the Bronx Bombers would be entering another drought. From 1989 to 1992, the Yankees suffered through four losing seasons in a row. In 1990, they finished the season with an embarrassing 67-95 and record, the worst record since 1912. Things would turn around as they always seem to do in the Bronx. Today, the Yankees are experiencing the fourth longest winning streak in sports history, 27 consecutive winning seasons, 1993 to 2019. During that time, they have won seven American League pennants and five World Series. But our review of Yankees history tells us something important. It shows that even the mighty can fall. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com.